0: great to feel what we feel in the tabernacle tonight hallelujah and while you're standing to our district superintendent this great district board to all of you it's been a joy to be in mississippi with you camp meeting 1976 brother and sister freeman tonight today to see brother nicks and to hear that great service i'm glad that the lord let me come this way this time and feel what i have felt not just tonight but every night that we've been in service how many of you enjoyed it All right, you may be seated. How many of you want Brother Foster really preach to you tonight? All right, now I'm going to ask you what you're going to do with it. I remember one time when... um, money wasn't so uh, plentiful and um, dad used to make us before we ate the plates were turned upside down how many remember them kind of days and you didn't just sit down and say Lord we thank you for this food amen but honey they knelt down and prayed this particular day we had uh, a preacher and his family in our home, and he had a boy about my age, and I was about 12 years old. You know, the Bible said, watch and pray, and that's what I was doing when we knelt down to pray. That day we had round steak, about five or six inches long, about that big around some people call them tube steaks weenies you know what I'm talking about and uh, there was just barely enough to begin with but while we was praying that guy would slip his hand up on that table and get a weenie and stuff it in his pocket and it never uh, nothing ever upset me in my young life any more than that wasn't it in me trying to pray the more I watched, the more I wanted to fight. And finally, I just made up my mind, well, if they don't hurry, there's not going to be any left. And uh, we've got our pockets full, amen. We've been at the table and got everything in this world. Now what are you going to do with another message tonight? Do you think it's really fair? have got more than anybody in the world. Every man that's come to this pulpit has preached in this camp meeting. I haven't heard one man that didn't feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost You was here during the day? I don't know. Unless you got a little bucket with you. What you're going to do with it tonight. But I feel a message in my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While we enjoy so much, things happen around us that we're really not mindful of. Somebody told me, Brother Foss, I never felt conviction in a camp meeting like I felt it the last few nights under the tabernacle here. It's true. It's been great. See people come to the altar, watch them pray through to the Holy Ghost. That's great. I'm glad that we reached a few. Did you ever stop to think how many we didn't reach? I wonder how many is going away from here they're going from this camp to hell. What a tragic thing. In the midst of everything that we've enjoyed, some remains untouched, unmoved. Some of you are no closer to God now than you was Monday morning. You've let it come and go. I'm asking you tonight, what about it? Brother Charles Mahaney was in our church in revival meetings. fifteen-year-old boy called and said, Brother Foss, could I meet you in the office this morning, Sunday morning, before Sunday school? Yes. Rodney, I'll be glad to meet you there. Got to church early and went into the office, was talking with Brother Mahaney and I told him, I said, Young man, want to talk to me? Don't leave. Just be all right. And Rodney came to the door. Opened the door and told him to have a seat. He sat across the desk in front of me. Brother Mahaney in the lounge chair. And he just wrapped his little hands together. And said, I just wanted to come talk to you. No, I know before I tell you, some of you folks that's so critical, you're going to criticize it before I say it. God help us. Amen. boss, I sniffed glue before I got the And that week was the week that I saw him struggling to renew himself with God. None of his family came to church. Rodney came alone. One night he shouted at the end of an altar until I thought he was going to just dropping his tracks and he said I used to sniff blue left that and went into another story and I said well Rodney don't worry about that but he said my dream brother Foss he said I dreamed Jesus was coming I said, he is. He really is. Told me how he thought it was going to be and I didn't really see anything out of the ordinary. But somehow Rodney didn't tell me or Brother Mahaney what Rodney wanted to say. was unable to reach across that desk and pull that little heart out to listen to a 15 year old. Sometimes I wake in the night and think about it. a little while he just got up and you know how the younger generation are they kind of spring a little bit in their heels Brother Foss, been good to talk to you but something hollow on the inside did not sound right and Rodney went on into the senior high class about 11.30 Rodney got up, walked out of the class. The boy that brings him to church, come by where I was at after church. He said, Brother Foster, Rodney left during Sunday school. He said he was going home. And I said, well, Gary, maybe uh, he wasn't feeling well. But Rodney went home, and Rodney went to bed. up over his head took a 38 pistol pressed it to his chest and took his life Brother Foss why are you telling me this simply because I want you to know that while some of us have gained so much We have totally missed some that's here tonight. Am I going to leave Mississippi with their blood on my hands? I've got more than I deserve. I've received more than my share. But what about the one I missed? Can you just say, well, it was here! He should have gotten it. Is that the way you feel about it? Or can I appeal to you on this last night United Pentecostal Church if you ever reached you need to be reaching because while you're shouting your neighbor's going to hell I wonder is there a Rodney here tonight if he is Where is he? Have we reached the point that we really don't care? Or can I ask you tonight rich man Rich man, can I ask you for just a moment? Look around you, see what's happening. And I'd like for you to stand now while I read. Again, begin reading at the nineteenth verse. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously. Every day. And there was a certain beggar, everybody say beggar, perhaps a robney named Lazarus, which was laid at his gates full of sores and desiring. To be fed with the crumbs, everybody say crumbs, that fell from the rich man's table. And moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham, Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And he cried and said, Father, Abraham, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember. That thou in thy lifetime received good things. And likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he's comforted. And you're tormented. Verse 27. Then he said, I pray thee. Therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send to my Father's house, I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. 13, verse 45. And again the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found he hideth and for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all he has and buyeth That field Mark twelve forty one and Jesus set over against the treasury. Behold, how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow has cast in more than all of they which cast into the treasury. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And unto the church, the angel of the church of the out of right. These things say of the Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works thou art neither hot nor cold. And I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now then, listen to how the Lord changes what he's saying. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. He said, you're wretched. You're miserable. Poor. Blind. And naked. And after reading this kind of Lord be with us tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. You may be seated, analyzing Analyzing God's statement of riches. Did he really mean dollars, money, houses, land? Is this what he talks about? When God looks at a man, the man that he's made, does he take a pencil and paper and measure him? by his accumulation in this world? Is this the way God looks at it? Or does God have a different concept of what riches really is? When he in riches in the Word of God, talked about a man rich naturally, he spoke eleven times about money and about land. But on nineteen different occasions he spoke about being rich and not talking about money or talking about lands so when God begins to look at man, how terrible does he lift up in order to lay on a man to see how great he is and what he is and what it's done. I don't believe that men of great means can trouble the Lord when they come to Him. And just because I've been successful in the business world doesn't mean anything in the presence of God. Oh, that God would help the Pentecostal Church to understand God is not interested in what a man has began to preach at home, and word comes to me, the councilman's going to be there tonight. Or some big uh, celebrity is coming, or some man that's fantastically rich. We had a millionaire in our services not long ago, and not less than ten people, Brother White, come and told me, Brother Foss, that's Mr. Apple, his wife has the Holy Ghost. He owns the chain of pharmacies in our city. And whatever you do, get acquainted with them. Do you suppose that God looked at him any differently than he did the little man that stumbled in off of the street that nobody knew? Are you trying to tell me that God is regulated? about this kind of a thing. My friend, tonight I believe that Jesus Christ would be foolish to even look at a cross that He spilled His blood on and say that I have shed this for someone and not the other. But when He came into the world, He made the announcement at His ministry, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor to the poor, to the poor, well, if he said the kingdom of God was like a treasure hid in the field, I'll go and sell everything to buy the treasure. Don't you suppose he knew really what the treasure was, he made another statement, that it was a pearl of great price. And the man wanted that pearl. So evidently God looks at me differently than other men look. He's got something that's more than earthly stones. And diamonds and gold and jewelry as far as riches are concerned. But I wonder how God looks at me when He looks down and He sees this man, this man. I disagree that part of them sit here on the platform. When God begins to strap measuring rod on Lee J. Edwards brother Sanders and brother White and he starts measuring you I wonder does he call you a rich man or are you relegated to the poor honey wait just a minute don't run off and leave me here I want to preach to you tonight I want to preach to you if There was a time that I needed something. I know when I found the treasure that was in the field. I know when I found the pearl of great price. Honey, I let go of everything that belonged to me in this world. And told him I wanted more than anything in this wide world. Therefore, I must have changed in the presence of God. And if he looks at it like that, I ask you to lend me your thinking for just a little while. I've heard it to and con. I know that our theologians is more intelligent than I am can debate the issue tonight but the thing about it is I'm here and you're not going to say nothing so I'm going to preach it the way I want to hallelujah I know that men can debate it some say it's not a parable if it's not what is it if it is a parable he was speaking of things that are not as though they were. Hallelujah. And when he looked at his disciples and he started telling them a story, he said, There was a certain rich man. He didn't say just any rich man. How wonder was he looking at dollar signs when he made the statement, be it as it may, there was a certain rich man and that man fared sumptuously and had so much and gained so much every day and it was multiplied to him. Had no time for anything or anybody. But out there at his gate laid a beggar covered with sores. Putrefying sores. Sores that ran with corruption. The dogs came and licked the sores of that rich man. The beggar. And the rich man when he walked out kind of stumbled over him and just looked. You dirty, filthy thing! It looks like you would get away from my gate and give me a little freedom. It doesn't matter who comes to see me. You're always there. You're always laying there. And the old beggar would just look at him and say, Crumbs. Crumbs. I'm not asking for much, just a crumb, a crumb, how about it, crumbs that fell from his table. Let's look at crumbs again when the Lord spoke about them, and he was reminded of crumbs a woman asked him to do something for him. He said, it's not meat, but i take the children's bread and give it to dogs. Oh, but she said, Lord, just a minute. The dogs eat the crumbs. That's all I'm asking for, is a crumb. You see... You go to our homes. Some of you right now are thinking about where you're going after church. We're going to gorge ourselves. We'll leave enough on a plate to feed a starving body somewhere. It'll be slap out. But the dog asked when you clean the table. Remember that old dog? I just want to crumb, do you really tell me that God took up that many scriptures in the Holy Writ to tell you about a rich man that had money that didn't care about a beggar? Honey, let me borrow your thinking for just a minute, just a moment. If God was measuring us tonight I wonder who it is that he would call rich. Where is God's rich man? Dave Peterson, who is God's rich man? Who is it that's rich beyond measure? Honey, you're gonna have to look at it again. And understand that the man that's found the treasure in the field, the man that's found the pearl of great price, has got to come into the mind of God that he's a rich man. A rich man. Rich. How rich am I? Rich men they have specialized diets, they eat certain things, they don't eat cornbread and peas and hog joe floating around in it, Uh uh-uh, hey, does that sound good? Oh, my Lord, when you go to talking about good old eating, take fresh sliced tomatoes and them old peas and cornbread. Honey, shut up and get quiet. Take it easy right here. You see, when you go to talking about somebody that really knows what good eating is, a rich man has a specialized diet. I wonder could God be talking about maybe a church that's rich, healthy be rich more than she knows what to do with. We've got to the place that if a man don't preach a certain way, we don't respond to it. We don't stand up and praise God anymore. You want a man to please you and do what you want him to do. But honey, it's because you're rich. Oh, come on! I wonder what God thinks when He looks at this camp meeting tonight. Hour and a half every day of fantastic Bible teaching. An hour of preaching before that. An hour and a half after that. So you've got close to four or five hours of preaching a day. Come to church at night. An hour or an hour and a half. For we're going to call it six hours of eating a day. You've had so much. Nothing interests you anymore. Rich. Honey, you'll sit down and pick it to pieces. Oh, God, if I can make you understand what the Lord's trying to tell us. That while I have sat at the table and eaten until I can't eat anymore, I've gorged myself on the richest things of this world. There's a man that's covered with the sores of sin that sits beside me that's crying, my God, if I could just get a crumb, if I a little bit a little bit a little bit of what you felt so much of honey they're dying to feel it I had a man come walking in our church first time he ever got a crumb was in a street service and Young people were playing and singing. Way back over on the parking lot, I seen a long-haired, bushy-headed young man. Brother Mahaney says he looked like he kissed a light socket. Now you can figure that out if you want to. And that hair was just standing out, and I walked out there close to him, and he was leaning across the hood, but I could see him patting his foot. Way out town in the dark. I went over to him and I said, Fella, how you doing? Oh, oh, where'd you come from? Well, I've been standing over there watching. I watched you pat your foot, kind of tapping your hand on the car hood. What do you think about that? Well, it's uh, it's different to say the least. Oh, but honey, I saw him one night when he walked in. To the king's house. What, asking For too much. But if I could just get a crumb that fell from the table, it's going to be all right. He walked in like he had springs under his feet. The boy was high on drugs. And what he didn't have in drugs, he had in some kind of rot gun whiskey that he had been drinking. And there he staggered into the church. Oh, I know, the rich man! My God, take him home! Get him out of here! Don't let him disturb the service. He didn't offer to disturb the service. He sat there and listened. The altar call was given. I watched him stagger down to an altar. After about an hour, God sobered him up real good. And I heard him as he began to speak in tongues, as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance. Oh, hallelujah! When he raised up his hands, his arms were covered with needle marks. I asked him after it was over, I said, how do you feel? He took me by the shoulder and said, preacher, let me tell you, the first time that a needle ever entered my arm, I was searching for what I have felt night rich man a rich man found a hungry man miracles are the norm for us do The altar fills up tonight. Rich men leave and walk around the beggar. Hear what I'm telling you, sir. Hear what I'm saying. The name of Jesus is nothing more than just another name. Too many of us, we use it so carelessly. You pray and really don't pray. You call the name and really don't mean it. Staggering after walking miles into the missionaries' home into the quarters where they were. I read this on the back of a song and I'll never forget it. The young woman walked for so long and when she staggered in the missionary saw her. Said, honey, what are you doing here? She said, well, you came into the village where I lived, my memory serving me right, nearly a hundred miles away, and you told me that He loved me, and you told me that He saved me, but I forgot His name, and I want you to tell me His name again. But you are so rich. You've heard so much. What are you gonna do, rich man with anything else? Brother boss, I I want to shout some more. What for? You can't understand Without, at your gate is a beggar. He's not asking for much. Somebody give me a crumb. That's all I want. Somebody give me just a crumb. Just a crumb. I'm rich! I have revivals when I want them. I make the date on the calendar. I say, be there February 10! We'll go through 25, and we'll have revival. I'm rich, Brother Edwards. I don't have to worry. Oh, that God would make me understand that's standing out there at the gate of that church. I've got to walk around beggars. That's dying. And somehow I can't get to them, not even with a crumb. A rich man. old alcoholic walked up to me in a street service, put his arm around me, you know, every time they hear music, somebody talking about God, the drunk gets his mind on the Lord and he wants to talk about God. Every time, my friend, he saw me standing there and he was just bawling I don't know how long it's been since it even washed his face and just his nose was running and he walked up and, hey, I had on a suit, I was well dressed. But he put that arm around me. His breath smelled like a beer keg. First thing he done for the white... Put his nose on my coat. honey, he had a rich man around the neck. He cried and said, Can you help me? Am I asking for too much to ask you to help me? I've got a family I haven't seen in five years. I've got a degree. I was a professor in the college. I in the east coast and now this thing's got me well i'll tell you what honey he was a beggar full of sores asking somebody would you just shove a crumb my way and let me have a crumb i'm telling you church there's somebody sitting next to you tonight that's begging give me a crumb rich daddy, got so much. Give him a car. Give him the money. Don't ever care when he comes home. Down. Rich, rich, For the first I would never do my kids that way. Oh, but mom, dad, listen to me. While you're dancing up here at the front, your little girl and boys in the back, they're never being touched by anything. Somebody needs to go and tell them here's a crumb. Somebody give them a crumb. You don't have time to go back there because you're so rich. You've never walked back far enough to get between the porch and the altar and see what's going on. Hey, you better hear what I'm telling you tonight. The last night of a camp meeting, I'm talking to folks that's so rich, you don't know which way to go. You're already staggering under the impact. I'm so rich. your own family going to hell if you could understand what was just around the corner tonight you wouldn't sit there and take it so easy you wouldn't sit there and say i'm not going to worry about it you'll need to do something but the first if i do anything it'd shake them up my god you better wait and ask god would you please shake them You're so rich that you really don't care. A rich man lets somebody else bear his burdens, and that's what you've got in mind tonight. Brother Frost, take them and pull them over hell. Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could. Honey, I'm talking to some of you that's going to witness your own flesh and blood rolling in a red-hot, molten hell because nobody dared to carry them across. To carry away with what's going on. Drunk on this way of life. Drunk in righteous living. Not carrying. All you want is God. Let me dance. Let me shout. When your little darling is right at the brink of hell, How long has it been since you walked in? Woke her up and said, Susie, get up. Mama wants to talk to you. Brother Foss, I wouldn't do that. No. The reason you're too rich. You want a preacher every Sunday night to pull something out of the hat. Preach his heart out. Preach his system down to where he can't go to sleep. Try to reach my children Oh but honey you better wake up That beggar at the step Is that boy yours That beggar at the step Is that little honey of yours And they're just a hair Away from eternity They're just one breath away Just one step away And you better do something To get a crumb Out to that beggar Let me tell you a secret, honey. My wife, and she is the best wife anywhere in the world, and I'm supposed to feel that way. And if you felt like that, you're silly. You should feel that way about your wife. Hey, come on. That little woman prays, holds up my hands in prayer, but I can remember a youth camp. When I started to go, she said, I won't be there till Thursday. But, honey, whatever you do, when you get out there with Daryl this year, don't play ball all the time. Don't just go into rally time and play around the altar. Honey, somehow, would you please get a crumb to my boy? She kept that thing in front of me so long. And I've never told her that I almost resented her, acting as though I didn't care. I preached my heart out. I preached my soul out. I've done everything I knew to do. I thought, well, I've done it all. But you see, I was a rich man. And I wasn't looking at a beggar. I can see that big old boy. Our youth camp was highly competitive in ball. Those boys play for keeps. They get out there and they get with it. And that boy of mine get behind the plate. I'd be pitching that ball. And you know, I don't pitch but about once or twice a year. And I'd be just a little bit wild. And I've seen him come out from behind the plate and take the mask off. And come out and say, now, Daddy, settle down, honey. It's just you and me. Do what I tell you to. Come on now. I want you to throw two up and one down. And give it to me. When I ask for it, give it to me. Big old boy, six foot two, 210 pounds, right up in the Sports Illustrated magazine. A great athlete. I was praying, son, get out of it. But somehow, I didn't take time to pay a crumb across the table and lay it at his feet. I was too rich! But you see, he was a beggar. Singing in a choir. Bright lights shining down on him. Lights went out in the tabernacle. And there he stood, singing the lead in that choir. Brother Dave, when he stood there, he was singing these words, Soon I'll be crossing death's chilly waters. No more. This life I'll see. I couldn't believe what was going on. That preacher was preaching. I was working in the altar. I was laying hands on people. I was crying, I was praying, but that night, I watched him when he took that choir robe off, dressed in white, threw it on his shoulder, started off with the platform, the song wasn't over, he just started down, he walked by Brother Merle Ewan, Brother Ewan put his hand on his shoulder, and gave him a crumb. Daryl. Tonight is your night. Busy. Busy. Hear me, Pastor Friend. Hear me. While you're running, chasing, looking, trying to save somebody else, you're letting your little kids go to hell, sleeping in your beds, eating at your table living in your home they're dying for somebody to give them a crumb but they're caught at a rich man's gate about 30 minutes later somebody come and got me I walked over to that altar in that tabernacle there that big old boy was with his hands in the air and the Lord had baptized him with the Holy Ghost hey you hear what I just said he found a crumb. Next week we left for the Oklahoma camp meeting. His mom and the other two boys asleep in the back seat. Dad was driving. While he was driving, put his arm around me and patted me on the shoulder and then put his hand on my leg. Daddy, the last camp meeting I'll ever get to help you in. And I hope it's a good one. Thought he was going to college. It never crossed my mind. I said, oh, honey, maybe not. But we did. We had a great one that year. Oh, God met with us. I can see him with that saxophone during the altar service, walking up and down, playing. What done it? He found the crumb that somebody dared give him. But you see, just five weeks, five weeks after he found it, my phone rang at 1230 in the night. Are you Reverend Foss? Yes, I am. You got a boy? So-and-so? Yes. I could hear the short wave in the background. I said, where is he at? That state patrolman told me he's just been killed in a car wreck. And the rich man's castle fell to the ground. I'm preaching to you, rich man. You hear what I'm telling you? There's some of you that's going to walk that valley before you know it. A lonesome valley. You're going to walk it, sir. And oh God, how in this world can you stand it? if you thought for a minute while I was shouting while I was dancing while I was in a camp meeting while I wasn't praying my little boy my girl my husband my mom went to hell yeah the Lord told us what you'd do and that rich man saw what had happened it was too late he said go go to my brethren I'm coming to you tonight I'm coming to you tonight where are you who are you what right what right do you have to sit night after night day after day and enjoy what you're enjoying and never one time get under a load to save that one that's around you they're going to hell. How close? How close, Brother Foss? He said you save some as though you pull them out of the fire. Is that true? Hey, Mom. Hey dad, hey daughter, if you knew tonight was it, would you try pulling somebody out of the fire? Would you do it? No. No, you're too rich. You're going to let the dogs lick their sores. You're going to let somebody else do it, but if you never remember nothing else this preacher tells you and I never preach another camp meeting for you I'm leaving Mississippi tonight with clean hands Brother Edwards called me and said Brother Frost we want you to preach our camp oh my God rich man hear what I'm telling you tonight hear what I'm saying Jesus said, I know you're rich, but i tell you to buy some gold that's been tried in the fire. I'm trying to get you tonight to understand that you're the one that's got to do it. You're the one that's got to move. You're the one that's got it to do, sir. There they are. They're at the gate. And my God, don't just stagger by them and say, not now. You better do it now. I was told today by a rich man, Elder, I hope you feed me tonight, get me out of my seat, and make me round the aisles. Oh, you poor, miserable rich man. Why don't you say, Elder, put my nose in a wet, soppy carpet, put me on my face. My God, make me do something I've never done. Let me know what it is to pray like I've never prayed before. I've had enough. If I don't ever feel anything else, I've felt enough of God. But here you are rich tonight. Rich. Ridge. I've never closed a camp meeting like this. I had in my mind tonight to preach a bicentennial sermon to you. My country, tis of thee. But when I heard these missionaries today, and I listened to Sister Wolf, she sang that song I'll trade sunshine for rain. I thought, oh God, let me get out in the rain. Take my houses. Take my land. Take everything I've got. But God, do something to me different than you've ever done. Do something different than you've ever done. Rich, during our Texas youth camp, Thursday night while I was preaching, a young man jumped up, ran out, went out into the administration building, thrust his hand through the wall, and began to pull the paneling, took the chairs, and beat them over the table. He screamed, he cried. Brother Mahaney walked in. He said, Why did you leave us, Mahaney? Our district superintendent walked in. He cursed him. Called him every vile name that you could think of. Green looking vile foam rolled from his mouth. Fought like a wild man. Blood trickling down the side of his face. Everybody that come in, somebody said, In the name of Jesus! And he cursed their Jesus. Oh, you won't agree with what happened, but that's neither here nor there. One of the young preachers listened to that vile, nasty, ugly, vulgar, as bad as you've ever heard. Curse the man of God. Big old boy. He took his open hand and he slapped him. Brother, you talking about giving somebody a lick? He said, you will not do that to my superintendent. But here's the story. Why? Have I never felt this way before? Where do you go to church? Got the Holy Ghost! Oh yeah! You hear what I'm telling you? Yeah. I got the Holy Ghost. What made you do this? I don't know. Had the Holy Ghost long? Yeah. You go to church in Houston? Yeah. Well, that don't mean anything to you, but wait a minute. He's been around rich men. That's why that spirit could be at ease and go to church. The rich man had no time for that. What's wrong? And in the midst of his vow, he said, I'm a homosexual. And oh God, if you don't stir this Pentecostal church, that spirit is putting its slimy hands inside this church and rich men are so fat and asleep you don't see what's happening you mean that you have that filthy spirit ten months ago I become involved in it I go to family I go to church I go out at night with the others what's the matter I'm telling you what's wrong they're just like we are we're so rich we don't have time to be sensitive to the spirit while our young people are going to hell we're having a banquet at the church I know you you want me to go and I'm going to quit but I want you to know one thing friend this preacher's washing his hands tonight because I'm preaching to people that's going to hell and you're not far away from it. I'll be hearing before long, over oh, the frost, you don't need to tell us that. If I have time to look for it in this Bible, there's a letter in this book from a woman that told me the story. Just ten days after the Arkansas youth camp, 1972, her husband in that meeting, we prayed, we cried, we reached. I went back and put my arms around him. No, not me. But honey, I got a letter just two weeks later. tear stained, dear Brother Foss. You remember such-and-such a night, such-and-such a man, yeah, I remember it, curly hair, uh my husband. Well, I was going to the grocery store today, the spirit of the devil came on him, he wrote me a note, said, you got the Holy Ghost at youth camp, both of my kids got it at youth camp. But God don't care about me. And I don't want to live. And she said, I ran into the other part of the house. And laying in the bathroom, I found him with a 12-gauge shotgun. Where it had been in his mouth, he blew his brains against the wall. Why? Why? Because a rich man was not able to get him a crumb. Honey, I'm preaching to you tonight. I'm preaching to you tonight. I've never felt this way on the last night. If I had this thing where I could walk, I'd walk down the aisles. I got a crumb I want to give you. I got a crumb I want to give you. I got a crumb I want to give somebody. him What well, I danced tonight I missed him brother Mahaney didn't talk to me but I came in on the last part of the sermon he told you about a man while he listened to a joke he lost him at the door did he do it how many of you heard his sermon tonight did he do it Honey, when he done that, I thought, oh God, help me to deliver myself tonight. I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you. My God, rich man, if you ever prayed, don't wait and say, somebody go back from the dead. I'm asking you to get ready to go now get ready to go now. I'm looking at you. You're so rich. you got your head in your hands. Some of you are almost asleep. You're lying. Don't, don't for the fuss go any longer. I wish you would stop. No, I can't stop. Heaven says don't stop. Hell says don't stop. The Bible said don't stop. Jesus said get it to him. Take the crumbs. Get the crumbs. Give him a crumb. Every eye closed, every head bowed,